Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hey friends, welcome to Soul Talks, where we elevate conversations for intimacy with Jesus and soul care. So thankful to have you in our community. We always love hearing from you. Thank you for when you share your comments, whether it's leaving a star rating or review for Journey of the Soul, wherever maybe you've bought the book or for this podcast and wherever you get this podcast when you leave a comment or on our our Instagram pages or wherever you can get a hold of us. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your story and how God is touching you, encouraging you, changing you personally and in your ministry through the ministry of Soul Shepherding. Thank you so much for following Jesus with us. You know, last week, Christy, we talked about leading from a rested soul. We said it was uh, the last of the four-part series on beating burnout, and we just ran out of time. We had we had more good stuff to share, and so you said, well, let's do a part two. So here we are. We know this is going to be a real blessing for you because uh, you who are listening, you are a leader, you are serving God in an important way. Jesus said to you, you are the light of the world. And so what you're doing as a pastor in your church or as a shepherd, a soul friend, a leader in another context uh, for Jesus is so important. Thank you for the work you, you do. Just like your fingerprint is unique, your way of, of teaching, leading, caring, uh, guiding people, being present for people, serving the Lord, it is unique and it is so important. And so thank you for that work. The Lord is pleased with you. And thank you for stewarding your time to value your soul, to tune into Soul Talks, to follow us with Soul Shepherding. I really respect you for that. It is not easy to do. We know you are busy people, but we're thankful that you're not the busy person who is the lazy person. Yeah, that's that's your cue for me to share this uh, story. This is actually a, a journal entry from a pastor on retreat, and he uh, says, I am busy because I'm lazy. He's uh, quoting C.S. Lewis here from Mere Christianity. This statement hit me right between the eyes. I thought busyness and laziness were polar opposites. After all, some see me as a type A driven and perhaps borderline workaholic personality. How can I possibly be accused of laziness? I'm so busy, I don't know where to turn. I'm so consumed with the needs of others and of the church that I don't even take time to adequately care for my own spiritual, relational, physical, and emotional needs. I feel like a pinball bouncing around out of control because all the external demands and forces of my environment. God help me, I'm a busy person. He goes on and says, what an amazing concept that I could gain the driver's seat of my life, make the decisions, and establish parameters and boundaries which will help give sanity to this existence. I need to understand the work of a pastor in new terms. It is not defined simply as meeting the needs, even the whims, of all the people. What does God and God's word have to say about today's priorities and activities? I need to set the agenda. Instead of just working harder and longer, I need to work smarter. I need to focus on doing that which is essential for the pastor to do in order to produce fruit. I need to delegate some things to others and equip volunteers to take on responsibilities. 
I also need to be comfortable with choosing that some things will not get done as well or simply not get done at all. I need to spend more time in prayerful planning, deciding and directing, establishing values and setting goals. I need to get to the calendar before anyone else does to mark out the times for prayer, for reading, for leisure, for the silence and solitude out of which creative work can issue. I need to get in the driver's seat, plan for the important so that it will not get squeezed out by the urgent. So that's the pastor being vulnerable on retreat about realizing, wow, I just have let my, my busyness uh, just get a hold of me and I've lost my center. And I can relate to that. I think a lot of you listening can relate to that. It's, it's hard to imagine that there isn't that there's anybody that couldn't relate to some of that because we all tend to be driven and by other things external to us and letting the urgent and these other things really take us out of what really matters when it comes to the care of our eternal soul. If you're like me, you are listening, then it's especially your your work, your projects that are pulling you out into being uh, too busy, which uh, C.S. Lewis said is a form of laziness because we're, we're not setting the priorities. We're, we're letting ourselves just be pulled along into the swirl of our email inbox and just get carried along uh, by that. Uh, but others of you are more like Christy, and where you are prone to get too busy is around helping people or considering what other people need, maybe pleasing people. So Christy, talk to us about that side of it and how, how, do, how do you relate to this busy pastor? Definitely I relate because I can tend to put other people first and diminish my needs, negate my needs, not even let myself be aware or awake to the fact that my soul needs something because I'm too busy orbiting around everybody else or worrying what they they think or what they need from me if I don't do that. And so that gets me to overcommit. It makes it hard for me to set boundaries. That's a temptation for me. It takes a lot of energy for me to set a boundary and to even make a decision, no, I don't have that to give or I'm not going to give that. And to to take the initiative to do something that's good for my soul and caring for my soul because I have to fight through feeling like well, that's selfish or I shouldn't really need that. Mm. All these different lies that come through. So you can get off center by putting your your best energies into other people and what you think uh, they want or what will help them. And then you, you lose yourself. And in, in if you go too far down that path, I mean, it's like it's like a fine line, right? Because your gift is your your compassion, your mercy, your sensitivity, your kindness, your helpfulness, wonderful ways that you, you love people. But if you go too far down that that path or you are too neglectful of putting priority on your own needs and your own desires, then you get into the the, the too busy place where you you get lost. Yeah, and it's not just that. It's also things like I want to feel significant or important or I want control in an area. And so I'll take on responsibilities. Those Mm -hmm. motivations will lead me to take on responsibilities that then those responsibilities are taking my time. And I'm I'm not being disciplined to set the boundaries that I need. 
And so then maybe I'll begin to resent those responsibilities because it's costing me too much. And because other personal responsibilities and needs that I have aren't, I, I'm, I'm being irresponsible with. You're taking on responsibilities of other people or of uh, soul shepherding as an organization, different aspects of work that maybe are sort of beyond what you in your job need to do, but you're trying to move everything forward. And so you're, you're taking these things on to the neglect of responsibilities in your life, in your home sometimes. Yes. And so that, that swirl of, of busyness takes you out of your best life. Yeah, and even some of the reasons why I'll do that is because the the mission of it or the impact of it is so good. I want to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's it's also that that I'm caught up in. It's such a good work or ministry to do, and that can be a reason. Yeah, you just find the, 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 the work, uh, the, the ministry, in this case uh, for us, particularly of soul sharpening, it's so compelling mm-hmm. that... And the Lord, um, in one sense, appreciates sacrifice. Now, he did say uh, he desires mercy more than sacrifice. And so there is uh, the tendency here where we make a sacrifice and we get so dutiful that we, we lose the, the delight uh, of ministry, of relationship, because we're, we keep sacrificing and taking on these weights of responsibility and that's part of how we know that we're off center. We slipped out of Jesus' easy yoke. Yeah, there's times where we're not realizing what our saying yes to that is going to require us to say no to. Yeah, every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to something or someone else. And that someone often is Jesus. Say more about that. As you consider your life and your difficulty with setting boundaries, how does Jesus and your relationship with him potentially get shortchanged? Because I, I don't have time and energy then to be present and to seek the Lord, and to listen to him, to practice some of the, the disciplines that are nurturing to my relationship with the Lord. And I, I just, in my busyness, I, I get preoccupied. And I just take it for granted. Yeah, so there is a laziness in that, isn't there, where we can just start drifting and letting, whether it's our email inbox or the requests that people are making of us or the papers on our desk, but it, it just sort of pulls us into motion that on one hand we might like that because we don't have to self-activate and we're maybe checking some things off our list, but we're not really deciding and even more to the point we're not really discerning what what God would have us to do and, and we're not in that, that relational mode of appreciating God's presence and then and proceeding with the Lord. Well, and I think too that we get influenced by others around us as well. You know, they're so when I was in high school, I remember a youth pastor giving a talk on priorities and, you know, having this jar there and having rice and a pitcher of water and some some walnuts and talking about how if we don't put the big and the important things in the jar first, they're not going to fit. And so, you know, he he put the the water in the jar first and then he put the rice in and then there was no room for the walnuts and he's like the walnuts are like the most important thing these are the things you have to have in your you know in your life that jar in your life and so he's like but if you put the walnuts in first and then you add the rice and then you add the water it all fits hmm. and so it was this illustration about your priorities and making sure that you 
put the most important priorities in first. You make room and space in your life for God first. And so oftentimes I will see people around me in the culture, their jars full of this beautiful water. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, yeah, I want, I want some of that. And so maybe I'll, I'll let the water in. And then, you know, the, the rice, it's kind of like, you know, they've got this white rice and, and it's expanding and it's fluffy. And, and so maybe I'll feel like, oh, yeah, I, I've got room in my jar. Yeah, put some rice in. Yeah, I'll have some of that too. And I'm not realizing that there's not going to be space for the walnuts. The so. most important priorities and, and goals for your, mm-hmm. your life or family or your church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what this pastor is talking about, about setting aside time actually not to get stuff done or he isn't even necessary. He is talking about setting aside time for personal soul care and intimacy with God, but he's also talking about setting aside time for discernment around mm-hmm. our, our work, our productivity, our ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, having a sense of God's priorities and the best use of our time. And this is true if you're a, a megachurch pastor if you're a missionary out in the field, if you're leading a company, if you're retired and what's most important to you is being a grandparent, whatever our life is, whatever our work is, whatever works of love we are doing, it's important that we are discerning about, well, how would God have us to do that and what would be the most important priorities. Yeah, and sometimes we think that we can fit more in our jar than we really can. And well, I would never we do that. we think we could expand our jar. <laughs> Not me. You might struggle with that. <laughs> and so I think that that's another thing, is having to accept the reality of that we, we don't get to control that. Our jar is what it is, and we're, we're having to be responsible for managing that. Yeah, a lot of us don't like that, and uh, I'm teasing about it. But yeah, there's a part of me that is hard to accept the limits of a 24-hour day or a, you know, a, a work week, and so always trying to find a time somewhere to be more productive. And that's that's a fallacy. That's a slippery slope. That that's eventually a path to burnout if we don't self-correct on that. So, and I've experienced that, as many of you on this podcast have heard. Uh, one of the things that you know really helps me to recalibrate and uh, stay in tune in, in Jesus' easy yoke is reading the classics of Christian devotion. And I have a whole shelf here just full of these uh, ancient books that have really been a blessing to me. One of my favorite things that we do in our Soul Shepherding Institute is every morning uh, over breakfast, I give a soul food reading from one of the classic devotional books that has really blessed me in my intimacy with God and in my my life. And so one of these is from a writer named Jean-Pierre de Cassade from the uh, 1600s and 1700s. And he was a a Jesuit spiritual director and writer and uh, wrote uh, the book Abandonment to Divine Providence, which is one of the all-time great classics. And just one of my favorite sections that really illustrates what we're talking about in terms of being unbusy and like in the Easy Oak passage in Matthew 11 in the message paraphrase, Eugene Peterson says, has Jesus inviting us into the unforced rhythms of grace. And that's wording for the easy yoke of Jesus. And I just love that. And so Jean-Pierre says, the only condition necessary for us, he's talking about in this life of discipleship to Jesus, uh, this life as a servant leader, 
The only condition necessary for us is self-surrender to God in the present moment. And then our soul becomes light as a feather, fluid as water, innocent as a child, in response to every movement of grace like a floating balloon. We are molten metal filling whatever vessel God chooses to pour us into. And so I love that because it's giving me a vision and the the spirit or attitude and, and some wording for this life and journey of the soul, we call it spirit-led ministry. This, this easy yoke life where I'm not pushing, forcing, uh, overworking, relying on myself, putting more pressure expectation on myself, working harder myself to make things happen. But instead, I'm putting my first and best energy into self-surrender to God in the present moment. And so, Lord, what would you want said or done? Lord, I lay my day out before you. Uh, would you lead me in the activities of this day? And so this sort of an attitude in, in these kinds of prayers where uh, in these yoke book we call it abandoning outcomes to God. And so this demeanor helps us stay out of workaholism, people-pleasing, and these paths of burnout. And this is the kind of thing that we need to learn and, and do some soul training around on spiritual retreats, or if you can do it, on a sabbatical. And gosh, if you're a pastor, missionary, a Christian worker, we would love to help you with a sabbatical. And we can set you up for three months, depending upon your situation, but the time that you need to get unplugged from your work and your your mission, your ministry, to really rest and renew and uh, tune into God's presence in a new way. And, and do some of the deeper work, some of the, some of the soul work, some of the soul therapy with some places in your life where there's hurt or distress, or even a spiritual retreat a week away like we do in our Soul Shepherding Institute can really help you refresh. It's been so important for me, these rhythms of getting away and doing this soul training in solitude and in a community like we've been talking about on, on this series on beating burnout. As we do that training, we come more into this way of life with Jesus, these unforced rhythms of grace, and we we learn how to be an unbusy person, an unbusy leader. It doesn't mean we don't work hard, but it means we're not frenzied. We're, We're not hurried. We're not cramming too much into a space where it doesn't exist. And we're keeping our relational brain activated. We're staying awake to God's presence, awake to the people around us, awake to our own feelings and needs. And so this is the life that Jean-Pierre de Cassade is talking about, and that's food for our souls. So it inspires you when you read these writers and you read about their training in this and their words and the difference that it's made in their life. And you take heart from them and you think, oh, yes, I, I want that. And this is this reminds me of what Jesus talks about in the parable of the virgins and their ten lanterns. It's like we've got to keep our lantern lit. And if we aren't caring for our souls and learning to lean into this opportunity to rest, uh, we get lazy with it. We won't have the fuel that we need, the soul fuel that we need to be present to Jesus. 
The classic devotional writers uh, inspire us and give us from their lives, these women and men, show us how to wait on God, how to self-surrender to God in the present moment. And they model for us and, e- and even uh, mediate to us through the Holy Spirit this longing for God, this devotion to Jesus. And the best of the writers are also emotionally honest about their their shortcomings, their uh, weaknesses, their hurts, their, their spiritual struggles and questions. And so we get that emotionally honest faith. And so you see in, the, in someone's life how they work it through. And so this has very much inspired me in all of the soul shepherding content that we create from our blog mm-hmm. to our books to our institute. Everything is inspired in part by these classic writers. You've, and mined, you've mined many classic books to find the best. Yeah, it's not just the wisdom that they teach. It is that. It's also the way, the the spirit, the attitude. And it's coming through their life and their relationship with God because we need examples. We need models. And so that's why we've worked so hard to work it through our life, too, and to make some helpful models and examples for people like at sabbaticalguide.com and through our Soul Shepherding Resources and Institute. And we often will say, Jesus's yoke is easy, but getting into the yoke, that takes effort. That doesn't feel easy. If we're lazy, we're not going to get into it. That's the training. Getting into Jesus' easy yoke and learning to stay there is a training. And it's it's not a training for an easy life. No, life is hard. Ministry is hard. Uh, Jesus' easy yoke is an easy way of doing hard things. And that's what our book, Your Best Life in Jesus Easy Yoke, is all about. Very much uh, dovetails with this series on beating burnout and uh, leading from a rested soul. So thanks for joining us. We want to pray for you. Lord God, just thank you for each of our listeners now. And I just pray for that listener who's finding herself or himself so busy and being pulled in Uh, by other people's needs or or by their work and just getting off center from your presence and losing touch with those unforced rhythms of grace that you have for us, Lord. And how I pray, Lord, that you would help us to recalibrate, to uh, refresh and renew in your presence, in your grace, Lord, and help us to find those places of of soul care and intimacy with you that are the source of our joy and the source of our power in in our life, in our relationships, in our work, Lord. And so just pray, Lord, whatever there might be in soul shepherding that would be helpful to our listeners, I pray that you would help them make that connection, whether it's a resource or talking with a spiritual director or if it's uh, being at an institute retreat or our spiritual direction training, or if it's going on sabbatical and doing sabbaticalguide.com, Lord, is there anything in soul shepherding that we can offer to be helpful? How we pray, Lord, that you would help all of us to grow in our intimacy with you and just the, the nourishment of our heart and our soul and our life, Lord, so that we can be living and serving out of the overflow of your love to us and sharing that with the people around us to guide them in their discipleship to Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, fall is upon us. And I know the fall is a busy season, especially for pastors and leaders with all the ministries that start up in the fall. You might be thinking, why are you talking about vacation and sabbatical and rest? This isn't, I can't do that right now. Well, maybe you can't. That's true. But 
don't just write this off as not being eligible for it. The reason we're talking about this in the fall is because if you're going to do it, you've got to be intentional and you've got to be planning. And so we want you to have the vision for it as you're thinking about this coming summer. And we have practical help for you at sabbaticalguide.com. Our sabbatical coaching, our videos help you step by step how to plan for a sabbatical. Everywhere from getting it, giving your board or, or your staff or family members, other people a vision of this, getting them on board with you, sample letters, things you can hand them to help them understand why this is important and necessary, why you need this support and vision, even in applying for a grant to get a sabbatical and to get help for that. So start now and check out those resources at sabbaticalguide.com. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.